Hey, welcome to American Steel, uh, folks. Uh, glad you're with us uh, today. Hey, I got some great news before we get into today's uh, show. As American Steel is going to be aired at 11 a.m. on Saturdays. I want to f- go ahead and thank everybody for the positive feedback on the show. Keep listening, keep sharing, and just know how much we appreciate uh, you listening to American Steel, a podcast dedicated to just highlighting truth um, and what's best for our county, what's best for our country, and what's best for our, our, our society and our citizens. Uh, we definitely uh, have named our podcast after a love for America and a dedication to something that um, will keep this country uh, the way it should be uh, forever. With me always, Clayton Harris. Clayton, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well, Dr. Steele. How about yourself? I'm doing great, and I know that you uh, are going to be a little bit um, a little bit short here. You're going to have to leave in a little bit. But we have Mike Lyle as our engineer today. Mike, are you doing well? Doing great. Mike, uh, you've been covering a lot of sports recently. Uh, yeah, had a had a had a long fun day yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw you out there. It was a great event out there yeah. at the park. Fantastic. Today with us, folks, we have a, a special guest. Uh, we have Mr. Taft Ayers. Taft is the new director of business relations for the radio program, and so Taft, welcome. I know you also do some evangelism, some motivational speaking and business coaching. So you kind of uh, a jack of all trades. So I, I'm looking forward to our listeners learning more about you. You're you're here at this radio station in Columbia now. And so we look forward to spending a lot of time together. And uh, and then I also want you to get take a chance to get into your four core system that you talk sure. about. But uh, so Taft, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for that introduction. And thank you for hospitality. Being a new team member at Kennedy Broadcasting has been fun for me, primarily, not not that everybody's not great to work with, but primarily because I can look out literally our front porch, we should name it Front Porch Radio. That's a good idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I wonder where we get that idea. I don't know. <laughs> I, I look out there and I can see... A, a church I know well to the left, a, a favorite eating joint right in the middle. My children are down the road in school. And to be able to invest in that uh, is a big deal for me, Dr. Steele. I'm I'm built that way and, and driven that way, especially with, like I said, my wife and our four children. And so being able to serve our local community uh, is really exciting for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and then when, you, and when you're talking about community, when you talk about a community like this, this is a very unique and special sure. community. And I don't just say that because I've, I've lived, unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, I've lived in many different places, usually uh, uh, not voluntarily. I've had to, had to move. But since we've been here, uh, this community has been phenomenal. And I don't use that word lightly. Uh, most people that are listening know that my wife's going through a little something. And so we are all going through a little something. This community has been fantastic. So when you say that, it just – to me, every day it seems to be bring more meaning to me about what a community can be uh, and what they should aspire to be. Right. Oh, there's an exponential amount of pride. And to piggyback on that, it's pride, I think, in the right things. Like there's a pride in the community. You go to some towns and there's that pride in ourselves, pride in our family, and they can almost be arrogant and stink. Right. Here, the, the the aroma, just to run with that, is sweet. It's literally we're proud that we're growing where we're planted here, and, and you can you can tangibly feel it here. Well, I feel here that um, I want to live my life a certain way. I want to raise my family, and I think we all have are like-minded uh, and just being as transparent, I, a very conservative way. I want to honor uh, a God that I decide to honor. I want to honor my country. I want to be a patriot, a warrior for the United States of America. I want to serve our country, my family. 
they, we, we stand when the national anthem is playing on TV. And so uh, I know that I'm around the majority of our like-minded people. On the flip side of that, you've got people that don't care about patriotism. They don't care about freedom. They don't care about democracy. And those people are a threat to our way of life in many, in many fashions. I see them. And so it's, um, it's interesting to be in that uh, – to try to balance that from time to time. But I'm glad that you're here to help us think up through that. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I, motivational speaking. I do a little bit of motivational speaking from time to time. I, I don't have a, a barometer on how many people I've motivated. I guess that's something I should do, <laughs> is actually have a poll like who was motivated by listening to me talk. But I'm sure you have. So tell us about that part of your career. It's been fun because it started for me in just traditional ministry. And I hate to say it like that, just traditional ministry. But it was a platform of, of one to many, but it was the same many Every week, uh, I would serve a church and I would know my audience over and over again. Well, then what started to happen where there were different business leaders in the local congregations who would say, hey, that was that was good. That Thanks for sharing that. Can you come to my company? Uh, could you come to my business? And I think it came from that maybe they looked at their P&Ls or they looked at their professional development budgets and they had paid a lot for somebody they didn't like. And so it was a compliment to say, hey, I've heard you on Sundays, but would you come over, maybe cross over into the marketplace with me? And that just set a fire in me. It also helps a guy who has Bible degrees and who may think sometimes, because a lot of preachers may be listening to this, maybe they think, what else will I ever do? Uh, can I ever do anything else? And when they started taking me you know, honorably into their place of work to say, hey, share a message of hope or inspire or motivate somebody— I, it really lit a fire in me to say there's more people that need this all the time. And sometimes a person will come up after a motivational speech and they will say, they'll kind of look at you with like a, maybe a crazy eye and say, are you a pastor? Are you, are you a preacher? And my response usually is, it depends. Right. <laughs> how, how do you want me to answer that? But I think people are hungry. Well, I, I 100% align with that. And I've spoken all over really the world, and it's the same response because you get there and you're like, what really can I offer to these people? And it could be executives or it could mm -hmm. be just entry-level employees. But you have to remind yourself that there's people out there, no matter what level they are, they need to hear a, a message of hope or a message of inspiration. They, in some ways, just need to rationalize the reason why they need to get up tomorrow morning and do better. Mm. And I think that uh, I've had the same thing. And what typically I come home and tell my wife, she's like, yeah, how'd it go? I said, amazing. I had five different people come up and say they want to bring me to their business. Now, right. typically only one of those five follow through with that. As you, you're yeah. laughing, you're laughing. I mean, <laughs> not all five. If, if all five follow through, I could probably retire and just do business coaching or whatever. But did you, have you experienced that too? Like people will say they want to bring you. Yes. And then they don't bring you. Yes. They will say, man, we really appreciated that. We, we should do that sometime. All right. And it, it reminds me of that old scene in uh, Goodwill Hunting. When, when he's talking and, and they're talking about, hey, I, I could talk to you about this, but this is kind of arbitrary. It's never going to really happen. Um, and I think sometimes people will say, you know, that would be a really good idea or it would be nice to. And sometimes you double down on people. And if you're my dad always taught me, if you don't follow up, you don't really want it. And so if somebody says to me, hey, we'd love to have you sometime, I'm the guy that'll go, hey, it's sometime. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll think, oh, well, you know, man, that might have been a platitude. 
<laughs> yeah, over the years, I've been uh, same thing. It's, it's it's remarkable that similarities. And you talk about Goodwill Hunting. I, I just assigned that movie to my psych. I teach a psychology class on Monday nights, and I just assigned that movie as a kind of watch the movie and give a, a you know sign me up for that class. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Goodwill Hunting and Patch Adams. You mm. know the the psychology related to both right. those movies. Right. But it's interesting because. You go around and you see some of these motivational speakers and you listen to them. And, and I don't know, they say they're making millions, but I, I, that's, that may be true, good for them. But it's the people that don't follow through that intrigue me more than the people that follow through. I got to, uh, I've got to go down to Florida in April, one in April and one in June to do, um, do some work for the Sheriff's Association coming this in the next couple of months. And anytime that guy calls me, he's called me several times. Anytime he calls me, n- never doubt it, he follows through 100%. Mm-hmm. But then I've had people call me from big like big school districts, and then they never follow through. So it's just interesting. Kind of goes to one of your cores of integrity and just kind of which following through would be something that uh, that falls in line with integrity. It sure would. Yeah. I think it applies to – and we can run on this for a minute. I think it applies to every area of our lives. Like if we're raising young men and they say that they have an interest – and a girl, well, you can say it, but if you don't follow up, you don't really want it. Or, hey, I want to cut some yards to make some money. Well, if, if a young fella tells me that, I'm going to come to you and say, who's your yard guy? And then if you try to reach out to him and he doesn't do anything, well, you didn't really want it. You didn't, you didn't want that money. That The integrity level on there might have been a little bit lower. Or your mouth got out ahead of you. You know, you said you did, but you didn't. And I don't think what you said earlier about the community, I don't think – we are as serious as we should be a lot of times about giving examples to these young folks so that they can look and say, Hey man, that person really it, their yes is yes. You know, that they, they are hardcore about it and I'm guilty of it. I mean, I'm guilty of, of not doing that the way that I should. So I'm thankful for people like you that have a platform like this where you're saying, I mean, the whole show, I listened to one of your episodes today and the whole show is this boom, like here's, here's truth. Here's intention. And here's purpose, and we we need more of it. Cue the applause sound, right? There. I mean, we need more. Do we have an applause? <laughs> I, we have an applause we're sound? fixing to. Can we have? Well, we, we can add it in. I'm sure. <laughs> add some applause. Well, like uh, I met Clayton. Not uh, I met Clayton about half a year ago now, and we've become friends. And uh, I'll get up in the morning. I usually get up like four thirty in the morning. I get up in the morning and. Nine times out of ten, I'm listening to something, uh, not trying to wake my family up. I'm listening to some motivation or something. Uh, sometimes I'll listen to the same thing, and, and I'll think of people. And I don't just do it uh, the same people. And one morning I woke up, and I think it was probably 4.45 or 5 o'clock, and I sent Clayton Harris a, a video. And, of course, I saw that he didn't read it until, like, 8.30. I was like, okay, i got to get Clayton out of bed. <laughs> if it was Monday through Thursday, I can assure you I was up. I probably just didn't see it. But, he was yeah. probably in an ice bath. Clayton's one of those guys that, that hits that morning ice bath. Yeah, uh, ice uh, bath. I bet you that's what he's doing. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, the balance – of that uh, Taft is for me, it's very serious. So when you say boom, thank you for saying that, by the way, sure. it, it really is all just kind of boom. I, and I am one of those guys that if I tell you I'm going to do something for me, not to do it really drives, it really disappoints my, I disappoint myself because when I tell you, when I give you my word, I want it to be my word period. Uh, you know, my wife will tell you that I just, she'll say, Hey, can you do this? I, I've already committed to this. And if I if I break that commitment, I'm going to ask for you to release me from that commitment because you you don't have anything but your word, which kind of leads me into your you talked about the the core four yes, that, you, that you talk about, which is hospitality, teamwork, integrity, and leadership. And 
I mean, could all those things fall under leadership potentially? Yeah, but talk about the differences of those and how meaningful they are to you when you deal with your audiences. Right. Thanks for saying that. The whole umbrella for me is leadership. Like if I, if I get one shot, I want to talk about leadership so that we can hit everybody in the organization and we can say, hey, leadership is something that has to matter, has to matter from the top. And then you can kind of look down throughout a team, organization, church, fill in the blank. And what you can see is people at the top that think they're leaders and then people all the way down going, oh, no, that's that's false advertisement. That's not real. Um, So I, I think that's the overarching thing. I think integrity is the element that's woven into all of those different things. And, and if you get to talking about integrity a lot, you can almost jump into a full-on preaching mode. And so I like to take the integrity topic and weave that in to the fabric of everything because I think a lot of us, you know, we, we talk about truth and we talk about, you know, being a person of your word. Um, teamwork for me uh, is a really big deal because there are people – that are showing up every day. They are showing up every day to do something. And when I talk to a group about this, I always say, if you have decided to stay at any place in your life, wherever it is you have decided to stay, your purpose is to stay and make it better. There's probably people in schools right now uh, that talk about that place, especially universities, that talk about it like it's some type of prison. Like, I'm surrounded by idiots, and there's all these people around me. It's, hey, this is not a prison. You can leave. Like, and in most situations, if it's a school, you're paying money to go to this place or you're giving your treasure or your time to go to this place. And so I like to tell people a lot of times when it comes to teamwork, you decided to stay. Uh, no one's holding you against your will. So if you stay, make it better. And I think that applies to marriage and all relationships. But my favorite topic of the four, I like to do them all, but my favorite is hospitality. And when I when I mention hospitality, Doctor Steele, what do you, what do you think of? Well, I'm, I think about being inviting, uh, but but when you couple them with these other terms, uh, leadership and integrity, it seems to be coming from a business perspective. But I'm thinking about hospitality as about uh, being inviting, being welcoming, uh, being friendly, being approachable, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Yes, yeah, it's not just. Let's say Clayton Harris says to me, "Hey, Taff, we're going to go to a nice hotel." for a convention with Kennedy Broadcasting. And I'll say, ooh, Clayton, is it one of those hotels where they're going to take our bags? You know, as we talked about yesterday <laughs> on our show. Um, and, and it's not just that kind of hospitality, but it's the hospitality concept that I think makes every organization better when you look at people and there's an art to not treating people as interruptions. If I, if I don't treat a person as an interruption, I treat them like they have a purpose, then I think I'm practicing the art of hospitality. I think for too long in my life, hospitality has been an older lady saying, oh, sugar, come on in here, and I'm going to make something for you as you come to my church or you come to my house and sit down and stay a while. And I don't know who I'm picking on with that accent. But they, they, they don't have the copyright on hospitality. All human beings should be, we're here, and we get a shot to orbit around each other, and let's, let's treat each other like, hey, you're here, and it matters. Well, I agree. That was a horrible uh, 
accent. Uh, <laughs> I offended somebody's grandma. Somebody's grandma. Well, can you talk about that more? Uh, can you dial that in uh, to like a sniper focus on hospitality? Because you you kind of mentioned it a lot, but how do you, because I see it just what you're saying, but I also see it in the opposite. So even if you go to a church or a store or a school and you get greeted, but you feel like you're just being greeted as a formality and not really mm-hmm. focused in on hospitality, mm-hmm. that has just a negative impact as much as somebody that actually spends time with you is really relating to you in the moment. And um, I can't remember the author's name, former uh, Navy commander, but he talked about aggressive listening. And I was reading that years mm-hmm. ago about aggressive listening. And I've been using that term since because as he describes aggressive listening, he's real, what he's really talking about is really taking time to zone out everything and be in the moment with that person. Yes, I, there's two levels to it. And so number one, I think it's on the surface level that people have to break through, and that is treating people like you're glad that they're here, uh, even if you wish they were somewhere else. So I think that's the, the first part. That's what I would tell any company. I would say, hey, man, I should never feel like I'm in imposition you know, coming in here to you, especially if I'm trying to give you some money, you know, in a correspondence. I was at a restaurant locally and I walked in and everybody who looked at us as we came in looked at me like they were frustrated that I was there. Now, granted, it was close to closing time Understood. and they were mad. They were upset. Uh, but then the exchange got worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where I'm friends with the owner. And I texted him. I said, hey, I'm coming back. I, I Your stuff is too good for me to not come back. But Let's say I was the type of person that left Google reviews or I was the type of person that was just a hater. Hey, they need to be educated on this hospitality piece. Almost like, hey, I'm glad you're here, even even if the reality of it is I wish you were somewhere else. But people can perceive it, as you said. They can perceive it as, oh, this is just something that you're doing. Um, do you really care? Do you actively listen? And I think that's where not treating people like they're an interruption comes into place. My my children, I was responding to them the other day thinking that I was being a good dad and I was doing this number here on my phone and one of the kids said something. Well, my response to them was, yeah, sure, that's that's fine. And I went exactly right back to what it was I was doing. I could be talking to Clayton about business. I could be talking to you about something leadership related, but it's important at that moment. Well, Dr. Steele, one of my kids who was on the other end of that said to that child, don't don't worry about it. He doesn't mean it when he's on that thing. Yeah, shot across the bow. Heartbreaking <laughs> truth. Well, what they were picking up on is we're interrupting him. Right. Like we're we're in here. Oh, and you know what else? He's full of it because as we interrupt him, he is saying, "Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine." And they're saying, "Hey, that yes is not really a yes." And so I think it's important for me to not only put that phone down, but to do this number right here. Hey, you you are my person. Right. I don't I don't I don't want you to ever feel like you're interrupting me. We're we're here and let's let me be intentional so that you can get your truth across to me and we can handle your situation. I think that's important for all of us. Yeah, very important. I didn't know this was going to turn into a a parenting thing, but sure. we, we come back after break, then we'll talk about parenting. And I'm going to make it all about you when I do the same thing. Yeah. So I'm going to learn, but I'm just going to make it all about you <laughs> and how you don't pay attention when your kids are talking Let's to you. Let's go. Is it the same thing when your wife speaks to you? Do you have to get off the phone? And that's just mm. a joke. So mm. for all the mm. listeners, no. Get off your phone, husbands, <laughs> when your wife talks to you because it's important. We're going to take a break from American Steel. Just a minute. We'll be back on WKOM 101.7. I'll be back in just a few. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. By now, you all know about Don, our service truck guy. Well, let me tell you about another member of our service team, and that's Mike Ashley. He's the guy you'll talk to when you call the office. Just call and talk to Mike one time at 931-540-0919, and you'll see why we're lucky to have him here at the Garbage Man. Thanks, Mike, for all you do to keep the Garbage Man first in service. That's 931-540-0919. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. Have you been injured in a car accident? Are you still in pain? Untreated whiplash injuries to the spine may lead to future conditions, such as neck pain, low back pain, and headaches. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating these conditions before they get worse. Our accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Let's face it, the world is constantly changing and it is now more important than ever to take care of those who you trust with your business every day. Large and even international competition has made it increasingly difficult to keep your best talent. With Caledonian Financial's local business plan to help, you can give your employees a business package that is competitive and effective for everyone. I'm Thomas Sneed with Caledonian Financial here in downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Hey, welcome back to American Steel. That was the quickest 20 minutes so far, Taft, so thank you for that. Uh, Are are you from around here? Yeah, I grew up in Middle Tennessee, uh, Nashville area. And my wife's family, they've had a company here locally for generations. And so when we moved back here, people would say, welcome home. And I would say, we, we never lived here. And they would say, but you just said you moved back. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you are. Yeah, so so uh, you talked about what led you to go off to Bible college. I, as a young kid, met a guy who came into our church 
And I was this punk kid who church was the band-aid. Like you, you could do all these bad things during the week as long as you go to church. And they had a guy who came in. He was a, uh, a youth intern for the summer. And he came in. He was actually from here. And he was a youth intern. And he came in and made us fill out these cards, right? And, you know, you're trying to engage a kid and you're trying to be hip and cool. And it was, what's your name? What do you like to do? What kind of music? And what's your favorite restaurant? And so I wrote on there. I told him what my name was. And then I said, uh, my favorite music is gangster rap. My favorite restaurant is Hooters. And I like to play basketball. And I was just trying to mess with this Bible guy. Well, his response to me, he came up and found me afterwards, and he came up to me afterwards, and he said, man, I love to hoop. He used to come over to my apartment, and we can ball, and he quoted a rap lyric to me, and there wasn't Google back then, and so he wasn't just looking it up. He quoted that, and then he said to me, Hooters, he said, man, they have the best wings around. The flats are crispy, and afterwards, he confessed to me, I'd never been there. I was just trying to reach you, and it, it hit me like this. This is a Christian who's a real dude, who's an authentic man, authentic even though he lied about going to Hooters, but, but authentic <laughs> in the sense of, yeah. hey, man, this isn't, a, this isn't somebody that's just going, well, you shouldn't have written that down. They, they were saying, hey, man, like you, you can come be with me in the middle of your mess. And so, man, that led me to saying there's, there's more people to be reached. Right. And the rest is history. Well, that's a unique approach. Mm-hmm. Now, have you been to Hooters? Now, I've never gone to Hooters. Hooters does have amazing wings. Excellent wings. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have never been. I'm not, hey, I'm, I'm not morally opposed to going or us getting a show sponsorship or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great, uh, the show sponsorship. Hey, just real quick, I mean, I'm curious. What stands out to you about Bible College, Bible University? What's the one thing that stands out, your favorite scripture and why it's meaningful to you? I'm just curious. Sure. Favorite scripture from the Old Testament It comes from Esther, Esther 4, 14. For such a time as this. Okay. Um, I love Esther. Fun fact, God's name is never mentioned in the book of Esther, but all the principles are, are woven into that. I, I love it. I just happened to be teaching a men's class down the road on Wednesday nights about Esther to a group of men. And so that is a cool passage to me because I think it applies to everybody when you look at why you are, where you are. New Testament, my favorite passage is the whole book of John 17, because it's the greatest prayer ever prayed. Jesus prays for his work that he's doing, for the people that are following him. But then he prays at the very end of it for those people that are going to come to follow him that don't even know it yet. And the reason it's my favorite is because a Bible professor called me in one day to his office for you know the administration stuff. What are you going to take next semester? And called me and told me to come. I showed up early. When I showed up early, just the same way you've got that notepad there, he on his desk had ancient manuscripts out that he was reading from the original text of John 17. And I saw him, and I saw through his door that he was teary-eyed. I said, oh, Dr. Flat, I'll come back. And he said, no, 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 it's fine. And he wipes his eyes, and he says, John 17, it gets me every time. And for a man that's a Greek professor who was just hard on our butts, who was actually crying over the text, that made me look at John 17 and say, you know what, all these teachers are not phony. All these, all these teachers, they really care about the stuff that they're trying to push you to excel in. And so that's, that's a Bible school story that uh, really meant a lot to me about a school that I could, I could be one of those people that has a lot to say about my alma mater. I didn't like this or I didn't like that. That is the kind of stuff 
that changes your life. Well, that's fascinating, right? And that's a, it's just those kind of moments that are, are the most impactful yeah. in your life, right? That you never know when they're going to come along or who's going to come along to be authentic. Sure. Unfortunately, we got people out there who aren't very authentic, You're and right. that uh, kind of unfortunately puts a shadow over the people that really want to be authentic and have the highest level of integrity. And I wrote down a little note. I mean, some, most people have selected integrity. They want to have integrity when people are watching, but not when they're not watching. Right. Uh, I, I don't know where I've been, but I was reading I was reading some news before I got here, and I see this story about our lieutenant governor, and then I saw a story not too long ago about our congressman, and, and uh, you know whether it was uh, intentionally misleading or falsifying, absolutely falsifying resumes or college degrees, and then our then we they, they put a statement out that our lieutenant governor it's that you know how dare you, but he it was his profile that put a winky eye or whatever to a, a person with no clothes on. Why is it difficult, in your opinion, in your travels, why is it difficult for us to find politicians or really anybody, any leaders that have integrity? I think we get counsel at the beginning. And the counsel that we get at the beginning of any journey is you're electable and there are going to be people that want you. And so you get to this position because people selected you. And then I think once you've been selected, you you stop running, <laughs> you stop running for everything that you ever promised, or you, even accountability. You don't have to be this person that's in front of everybody. And then I think what happens a lot of times is when that person is in that position and they have something that's perceived as power, there's no more system of anybody saying, "Hey, we need to check in with you. Hey, we need to do this." The same way they get all their counsel when they're running. Popularity ratings, campaign managers. My, it's kind. Of, it's just like a marriage. Where'd the marriage counselor go? They go to ten weeks of it before they say I do. Well, you have a campaign manager who's helping you go left and go right. You know, for better or for worse, during all of these you know elections and running. But then afterwards, a lot of those people aren't around anymore. Or the, these guys and gals, they stop listening to them. Well, one of the two. Uh, that's always been my estimation. Is they get all this help. And all this direction, and then that it's kind of like the scaffolding, like it leaves, and then there you are with something that is either going to stand or collapse. Okay, so I'm I'm running for office hypothetically. I'm running for office. I'm I'm a popular person. Everybody thinks that I'm going to take this thing on election day. Am I am I more susceptible, or am I going to be susceptible to temptation than then going going far far away from my commitment to the people that I promised that I would do certain things? Am I so so far into temptation that I can never combat that. And you coach me, coach me on that before I take office and coach me after I've been in office for a year and people are questioning my integrity. Okay. First thing I'm going to ask somebody is, have you prayed for this position? Like I'm going to find out if there's a faith base first. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you that. Taft, I believe in God. I prayed. I was saved in the seventh grade. I just want to serve the people that, that put me in this office with integrity, and I want to be a voice for this community in Washington. Okay. And then I'm going to ask this. If you're going to lead a mass group of people, if, if you're going to be a representative of all these people, have you thought about who you would want to represent you? Is there an avatar? Is there a standard that you look at to you say, I'm going to try to mirror that person? Do you, ha- do you have a hero like that? I honestly don't have a hero like that. I look at my wife and my children and my family and then, then my friends. And then, you know, you have the core of your inner circle that's very, very mm-hmm. tight. And that gets a little looser as you get out. 
I I can't see myself disappointing my family and being an embarrassment to my family. So I, I think that I'm going to be good. I don't. I think I can just keep being this politician here in my community and going to Washington and being this politician and being really really good. Okay. Would your children right now, where you are in your life, as you're looking at this concept and this journey, would your children vote for you? My children would absolutely vote for me based on the historical data. Uh, and then also, I think, I'm pretty sure I, if you asked me direct questions over the last 57 mm-hmm. years, I would go ahead and answer, their, answer them honestly, where I went to school, who I got my degree from, uh, did I ever do this or this or this, if I ever smoked marijuana, those kind of things. Sure. I, I would answer them 100% by the ways I never have, but I would answer those things 100% valid. And I would still go and I would still represent you extremely well. I would be the guy with integrity in Washington, D.C. Then in order to keep that, if that's a group that you think, okay, my approval rating is high with my inner circle, those are the people, our family, the people that we hurt the most sometimes inadvertently because they can see the worst versions of us and they still love us and they still look at us as electable or somebody that I would pick. So my advice is going to be, in every step and every decision that you make, if that's if that's a group that you can confidently say would vote for you and would keep you, you know, in, in that position, you've got to stack decisions throughout your term in office that would keep that group voting for you, that would keep that core circle as a group that would say, yeah, they, they still do this, 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 and this. And I don't mean to fool your kids. But those people that are the most intimate with you, I think what happens with a lot of other politicians and a lot of people in positions is what they'll do is they'll go out and they'll do X, Y, and Z. They'll make these decisions. They'll find themselves in these circumstances, and they forget their roots, and they forget their base, and they make decisions over here that they would never make at home or vice versa. They do a, a heart emoji or a fire, a fire emoji. We can get into that about something that they would never want their kids to see. And then when those worlds collide. I can't even imagine if my kids saw a fire emoji about anything. Mm. Even if I did a fire emoji when I was taking my wife out to dinner and she just dressed up really nice and looked cute. They would make fun of me and they would just they would tear me down, just mess with me endlessly, probably publicly too. <laughs> but you think that when a politician gets elected, hey, boom, they're elected, so they got four years. It's really hard. like this Santos guy. They should have – I mean you don't drive him out of town because you need the Republican vote, right? And you're willing to let this sorry character – this guy's a sorry dude. You let him sit in that seat because you need that vote. That says a lot about our priorities. And then I got to be honest with you. I, 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 I saw the story – about a congressman, and I, I went to several of those political events, and I heard the mission statements and the vision, and then to find out, it, it's, it, and again, I'm not going to pull any punches. I mean, it was just he fabricated a lot of the stuff. And if you served as a deputy share, a reserve deputy, that doesn't mean you were the executive director of a human trafficking organization. I served as a deputy sheriff for ten years. It doesn't mean that you served as a some kind of director for human trafficking. As a matter of fact, if you just did one report, or if you ever made one human trafficking arrest, or if you ever recovered one victim of human trafficking, then you might be able to articulate that it means a lot to you. But even then, you still don't say that you have like all this experience. That hurts me to the core because as I listen to. This candidate, who is now the congressman, and other candidates, 
you know, where do they stop at, at fabrication and truth? Yeah, I mean, that's like saying that, um, you know, you guys can call me a medical doctor because I took a first aid class in undergrad. You know mm, what I mean? Like, sure. you're not an economist because you took uh, introduction to uh, economics in undergrad. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and I don't understand it because he probably could have won just on his own merits anyways. Hey, I haven't finished my degree yet. I would have finished it this. I was interested in economics. One of my passions is human trafficking, but I'm not a human trafficking expert or I didn't make arrests. I didn't kick down doors because men and women are out there kicking down doors for human sure, trafficking yeah, and you minimize the danger that they're in or the job that they're doing, why he could have just won that election on his own merits without having to go there. And then flipping to the lieutenant governor, listen, man, you can spin it however you want to. You wink at a pitcher, that means you like that pitcher. Now, you can wink at your cat playing with a mouse, that you like that, you think that's funny. Uh, but when you wink at a half-naked man or half-naked woman, and then at the time, whether they're underage or not, it just it's just more egregious if they're underage. Mm-hmm. It's still very sick if they're not underage. There's a problem. It's you, you don't even rationalize that. What you really do is apologize, and you go home, and you try to keep your family together because now they realize that you've got a problem. And that's full circle because you apologize and try to keep your family together Let's keep that circle going. What do we say when we're advising you to start your political campaign? Hey, pay attention to that family. Pay attention to that circle. Keep that integrity going there. When you slip away from that, then all of a sudden you've got you've got to hit the rewind button and go backwards. It was about a month ago. I carried two of my oldest kids. I've got two, my oldest two are teenagers. How many and, kids do you have now? Uh, four that I know of. Okay. Uh, <laughs> depends, on those, depends on those Hooters. Trip. No, <laughs> wow. I want to get you to come to my church. <laughs> four, yeah, yeah. I, have, I also have four. Okay, Three have yes. grown, and we still have a high schooler. But go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Well, so, so four of them. So the two are teenagers, and I took them. I'm now at the stage where if I'm going to speak to teens, I'll take them with me. And because I want to, I want to keep it in check, and also want to have a car ride with them. Hey, I'm about to go talk to teenagers. What would make this good for you? And and my daughter said the other day, just don't say anything cringy. Right. Like, like just say good stuff. And so I said, that's fine. Well, we finish, and we finish. And I had told a story about a guy that I went to college with who was crazy and was hilarious and did these wild things. And I just painted this picture of him. Well, it, it was a hit. The, the the teenagers liked it. My kids liked it. On the way home. Just for a little like after party, I set the phone down and I dialed him up. Hadn't talked to him in about a year. And on speakerphone, I called him and my kids heard me talking to the guy that I had talked about in the, in the lesson. And it was a fun time. And I said, man, I talked about you tonight and blah, blah, blah. And he said, you tell him the story about such and such? I said, I sure did. Well, we hung up and my son looks at me and he says, that story was true? And I'm like, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes, it was true. I, because if I get up there and, and, and lie about him, then everything else, you know, you have to question if everything else was yeah, that's, true. I think that's it's one of the things I, tell, I told my students when I was in class. Mm-hmm. If you tell me once something that's not true, I have a hard time believing you the rest of the way because I, I have to take you at face value. Now, sure. what are you telling me? Or is, it, is it the truth or not? And once you've planted that question – Right. It never goes away. Right. That's, that's right, Coach. And well, that's you, accountability. Accountability. Yeah. Well, you asked me if my kids would vote for me, mm-hmm. and, and they would. Um, I wrote a book on leadership. I'm sure you've read it and gave it five stars. I've uh, got a copy of my backpack. You, okay. 
You're the most dishonest pastor I've, I've met. In a, in a I'm going to get you a copy. Maybe I should go into politics. Oh, yeah, there you go. You'd be, I got, you got my vote. I wrote a book on leadership, and I, I you know, I did pretty well. You know, I, I went around to conferences and sold it and did the signings and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. And I've asked all four of my kids if they read it, and they've all said no. My own children haven't read my work. And so I we've said, lived it. Well, well, that's right. They say, Dad, I started reading it. And then all I heard, I could read it in your voice. I could hear you saying these things. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, fast forward, uh, you know, or rewind, actually. My son, back when he was living with us and, and a teenager, he goes out to get some McDonald's. And all I had was 100. So I get, not that I carry just hundreds, but I, at the <laughs> moment I had 100, which is like gold in my hand. I gave him 100. I said, yeah, get us this, get us that. And he said, he comes back, he's in tears. He says, Dad, there was a homeless lady with a kid there. Uh, and we had like 70 bucks left. And I gave her the 70 bucks. And I'm like, okay, job over. My job's done, really. For all I got to do is to kind of like monitor your future now because your integrity's in, intact if you're sure. willing to do that. You know, it's easier to give away my money than yours. So when you get older, give your money away too. But the lesson has been learned. And so all my kids are kind of like that. And then I'll, as I see them as parents and see how they're with their, I've got five grandkids from infancy all the way up to second grade. They're just doing an amazing job as parents. And then, of course, I have my junior still at the house. And so they, I think that they absolutely would vote for me because they know what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they're going to get. My concern would be, uh, and I don't think we are being, but I, I, I would answer the question if somebody asked me, how impossible is it to be a politician and maintain that integrity and still play the game of politics in Washington? Uh, when do you not take the vacation to Epstein Island, you know, that kind of garbage uh, to, in order to get a vote? Or when do you not take a bribe from a pharmaceutical company in order to keep their agenda going? When does that not happen? And we got two minutes before we take a break. And I wanted to give you that time to give us some give give our listeners an insight of when they're in a challenge, how they maintain their integrity. Sure. Well, integrity is what I do in the dark. Integrity is what I do when nobody else is looking. And for me in my life, I have had challenge after challenge of thinking, I can fix this. I can, I can change this. I can, you can even use the phrase, get out of this. You know, if I've said or done something that, that I shouldn't have done, I think the big deal is having somebody to turn to. Um, the, the, the Isle of Patmos is a very lonely place, you know, when somebody has done something wrong. And so who can I turn to? Can I look at Clayton and say, this is a friend and a brother who, like we said earlier, knows me and still likes me? You've got to have those people around you that will, that will hold you accountable, but that you can also turn to and say, hey, I'm, I am on a search right here for grace and mercy. And if I can have that and receive that from you, then I've got something to go fix. Taff, we're going to take a break. Um, We're going to come back, and I want you to hold on to that answer because I really like where you're going with that. So we're going to take a break, folks. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. 
At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. We know that Jeep owners are one of a kind. Choose from our huge inventory or build your own one of a kind Jeep from the ground up. Stop by today and one of our product specialists will help you customize the Jeep you want. Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, and Grand Wagoneer in the perfect color. Gotta have them options, powertrain, and more. And now, take advantage of the Jeep Wave program. More free maintenance at no additional cost. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Let's talk about antique versus vintage jewelry. Did you know antique jewelry is over 100 years old and vintage is 50 to 100 years? Tillis Jewelry, located downtown Columbia, has a wonderful collection from Georgian, Victorian, Edwardian, and Art Deco. We select every piece for their timeless beauty. Stop by and select your favorite piece. Jewelry to last a lifetime. Remember, Tillis Jewelry, your antique and vintage jewelry store. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Columbia Ace Hardware carries Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines? Columbia Ace Hardware is the only Magnolia paint dealer in town. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware and Power Equipment. We will be glad to help you. This is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Front Porch Radio is Southern Middle Tennessee's home for the best in news, talk, and sports. Missed out on any favorite Front Porch programs? Check us out online at frontporchradiotn.com to download episodes of your favorite podcast. Listen live or listen online. Search for it on your favorite podcast app. iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Alexa. Join us on the porch. Frontporchradiotn.com. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Hey, welcome back to American Steel. In our last episode here, our last segment here, uh, we're going to let Taft finish up on what we were talking about, this hypothetical campaign of mine, and, and you were coaching me up. I still think... Now, you make it sound awesome, but it, it's, I still think it would be uh, challenging nonetheless. I, but would you agree that I, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to run for politics and I want to be have all the integrity, I need to already have a foundation of integrity that's unwavering, correct? Yes, because I think it's when we have that light put on us, if it's fame, if it's attention, people don't really change. They become more of who they already were. 
Like, like I got a buddy who got extra famous real fast and everybody said, he doesn't call you back anymore now that he's famous. I said, he never called never you called back. back. It's just <laughs> highlighted now that that, that did it. And right. so you got to have that, that integrity base for that to happen. Let me ask you this, doctor, was my coaching, was it reasonable? Was it practical? Was it I think your coaching is very both. It's reasonable and practical. Okay. I think that. For, for me, I want to go deeper into like the neuroplasticity of leadership, meaning how do you identify how you work? Do you really know who you are? Mm. Like for me, I love my wife. It's unwavering, right? But I don't disagree that I'm not susceptible. And so what I have to do is make sure that I don't put myself in a place where I am susceptible to any kind of temptation uh, and that I honor her. And then you can go, you can keep going deeper under the surface as much as you want to. So for those out there listening, trust me, you're, chances are you're probably not going deep enough if you're trying to solve an issue in your life, like mm. business, religion, politics, relationships. So yeah, you're, but if you're dealing, if you're my coach and, and you think you've, you've decided to work with me and you think my character and my foundation of integrity is pretty solid, it's, it's never 100%. It'd be a, I'd be a fool to go into it thinking that I was never going to be tempted to have a lack of integrity. So you mentioned accountability partner. One of the things I have that, that I have, I've had for a while is an accountability partner. And I also am, in a, am an accountability partner or a life coach, if you will, for a few other people, mentor, if you will. Um, and I just check in on them. And I am very, very straightforward about, are you getting up in the morning and doing something special, like going to the gym, reading, meditating, praying? Do you make your bed in the morning? Do you kiss your wife goodbye in the morning? Are you intentional about these things? Because in the absence of intentionality, people have a chance then to wonder where, where your integrity really is. So uh, years ago, I did a, a thing with my, my children. I said, watch this. I, I took a $5 bill. I sat on the sidewalk, and we walked away and just watched. And I did. I spent twenty bucks. Did it four times. Three people picked it up, looked looked around, put it in their pocket. One person literally tried to see if somebody had just dropped mm. it. Right. And so, fast forward. I was doing a class for the Depart- Florida Department of Corrections, and I had about one hundred and fifty uh, correction officers in my class. In the news that week, uh, you probably remember this. Uh, Miami in Miami, Florida, uh, armored car uh, went off the off the side of the road, and all this money was everywhere. And I asked those correction officers, I said, how many of you would have taken as much money as you could and ran? And probably 90% raised their hand that they would take money and run. The difference is, yeah, that's nice money. It would be nice to have that money, but where is your integrity? And then the other 10% said, no, because I would, I would collect as much money as I can and give it back. Now, people listening might know, I'm going to take that money and run. Sure. Well, that, says you're, that talks about your foundation of integrity. Do I want the money? Yes. Would I take the money? No. And so – when you talk about politics or a run for politics, I think that the foundation uh, is the is the key ingredient, and then having that accountability partner. So I'll, I'll pass the ball back to you. What does a great accountability partner look like? A great accountability partner, number one, cannot always find their pom poms. They have them because they're going to cheer for you. They're going to say, "Yeah, you did it. Like that was a homer, and I love you." But if you have an accountability partner, and I'll, I'll use air quotes for Radio Land, right? If you have an accountability, that's Chris Farley. If you have an accountability <laughs> partner who has never pissed you off, then I don't think that accountability partner 
is functional. I don't think they're doing what they're supposed to do because an accountability partner is supposed to look at you and say, hey, I am a stop sign. I am a warning light. I am a megaphone that says, eh, no, we, we think some good accountability partners are the ones where I can say, I did this, as I referred to earlier before the break. Hey, I, I did this. I need some grace. I, I need to know that I'm loved and forgiven. Yes, yes. But the good accountability partner says this, it's okay to not be okay, but we'll just rhyme this thing out. But it's not okay to stay that way. And so what then? That should be a church mission too. That right? should be a, you yeah. should have that on your business yeah. card. <laughs> I got a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's what they have to be uh, in that sense. It's not, it's not a cheerleader only. They do need that component, but they've got to be the person that says, hey, no, like this, this is bad. Give me a scenario and let me play your, your accountability partner. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Hey, I, I love my wife. Um, I'm crazy about my wife, but as my accountability partner, here's what I need you to know. Um, there's, there's somebody that's given me good attention and my wife's great, but she's tired and I'm getting this real attention over here. And Hey, doctor, I, I'm a man and I'm a man and I'm getting this attention and I, I don't think what I'm doing is harmless. I mean, I think what I'm doing, I don't think it's going to harm anybody. I think it's harmless. I just think that getting this attention over here probably makes me a better husband at home because I'm, I'm kind of feeling it over here. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. I know me. I'm not going to do anything, but it does kind of pump me up a little bit to get that, that attention from that female so that I can go home the man. I, that's, that's not bad. Surely you agree with that. That's not bad, right? Well, I'm assuming that we're in person. So for people listening, I'm just staring at you like, are you a fool or what? <laughs> so if we were on the phone, I would say, what's wrong with you? You're a man would a man would not do that. A man would recognize that he's feeling a certain way from the attention he gets because he's not being everything he could be in the marriage. Mm. And nine times out of ten, Taft, I'm just going to tell you, a hundred times out of a hundred, really, is that any problem that you have or anything that you're feeling is a hundred percent your own to own. And yours all in your responsibility to fix. So, you know, there's an old story of a, a, a guy that goes to a lawyer and he's a Christian guy goes to a lawyer says, I want to divorce my wife, but I want to make sure I get everything. He said, okay, we're going to take her for everything. He says, okay, good, because I, I'm out of this marriage. He goes, but here's what I need you to do for 30 days. I need you to go and treat her like a queen for 30 days. So she has no idea that you're going to leave her and take everything. And he comes back after 30 days. I'll get to the end of the story. Comes back after 30 days and says, uh, hey, there's no way I'm divorcing. Once he learned how to treat her, he felt treated very, very well as well. And as we all know, marriage is complex, Taft, but you making it more complex by you not understanding how you feel, it's not about your wife being tired. It's not about her not fulfilling your needs. Those are your issues to deal with. So here's my recommendation to you, my friend, is for you to start treating her like she deserves to be treated 100% and then come back to me in 30 days and tell me if this intention this other chick has given you uh, is important to you or if you'd just rather stay with someone you know who loves you, defends you, cares about you, and probably would you know go to war with you. So I hope that helps you, Taff. We got one minute left. I wish this show could go on for two hours. We got two minutes, so that gives me about 20 more words to speak. <laughs> Just take 20 seconds to let everybody know we were role-playing so I can eat my meatloaf. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if you're Taff, you know Taff or his wife, please call her and say, 
He gave a great scenario. It's, <laughs> not, it's not true. I say Wednesday night Bible study is going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I think this counsel. is going to get a lot of downloads. Well, listen, you know, like tonight when I get home, I've got a choice. I, I, I miss my wife. I want to see her. I should kiss her and recognize her tonight. And we all say this as men and husbands. I'll just speak for husbands. And we come in and we don't do it. And we don't do it because we don't do it. We recognize that we want to do it and we should do it. And that that's a problem that we have with us. It's not her problem or her mm. Or, or life's problems or work problems. Every problem that you have out there, if you're listening, is yours. It's nobody else's. It's nobody else's fault. You know, you've heard life is not fair, all blah, blah, blah. It's your problem. If you've got a problem out there and you want to fix it, I start, I, I recommend, highly recommend you start by changing your attitude. As always, and some of you have called me or reached out to me, but I, I recommend you call me or you reach out to me. Ask questions. I'd love to answer them on the air. I'm, I'm learning that American Steel is one of the uh, highest downloaded programs so far, so I'd like to keep that going. So if you'll share this program with people, we just want to inspire people and help people and speak truth into into your life, into into what we're doing here in our communities. So I want to thank you, Taft. Thank you for being here, Clayton, Mike. Thank you so much. What a great show, Taft. I hope you'll come back anytime, man. Well, let's have a let's uh, let's plan on that. And thank you for listening to American Steel on WKOM 101.7. FM Front Porch Radio.